Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast, the podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally, reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Welcome back to another episode of the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. I wanted to start off this episode by reminding you of a few events that are on the calendar for this week coming up. So on Tuesday, February 16th, I have two events for you. That's right, two events. Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, join me and Megan Houle on Clubhouse. We are going to talk about pivoting and pivoting with purpose and specifically having a conversation on how you can pivot. So whether it's pivoting into a new industry, into a new career, into a new job, we're going to talk all about it. Megan is the host of the Pivot With Purpose podcast, and she has her own uh, method for coaching and consulting and recruiting, and it's called the Megan Hool Method. So make sure that you follow her on Instagram. I also will be on her podcast soon enough. So when that comes out, I will definitely let you know. Tuesday at 8.30 p.m., I'm having my Instagram Live Office Happy Hours event. So instead of 9 p.m. Eastern, I'm having it at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on February 16th. Additionally, so many events this week, you guys. On Thursday the 18th, I'm going to be going live on Instagram at 6 p.m. Eastern with Carolyn Shapiro, who is the Director of Employer Outreach and Engagement at Binghamton University School of Management, which is my alma mater. I went to Binghamton University, so I'm very excited to be doing this Instagram Live with her again February 18th at 6 p.m. on my page. That will all be shared on my social media platforms through posts and stories, so you will definitely be reminded of that. And as always, on Thursdays at 7 p.m., I am going to be a co-moderator in a clubhouse room called Navigating Change in the New Normal, where we talk all about how to navigate the workplace in this new environment. So please make sure that you join us on all of those events. So two clubhouse events, two Instagram live events, Tuesday and Thursday of the week of Valentine's Day. So on the 16th and the 18th, check out my Instagram for more information. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode. If you haven't yet given me five stars or written a five-star review, why wait? Get into it now. Uh, Thank you so much for your support. Let's get right into the episode. So for this week, I am talking about layoffs. I've had a few friends recently get laid off from their jobs, and they are not alone. We know that millions and millions of people have been laid off from their jobs. I don't want to pretend to understand what that's like. I've never been laid off, but I have laid people off. And what I can tell you is that it is extremely emotionally taxing, and that's true for everyone on both sides of the coin, on the side of the person doing the layoff and the side of the person being laid off. So I want to approach this episode from those two different perspectives, from the employee perspective and from the employer perspective. I'm sure that every single one of you listening has either been impacted by a layoff, has had to conduct a layoff, or knows someone who's been impacted by layoffs. And 
there's really no right answer or strategy to this. As an employer, and I guess that's how I'll start, I'll talk about the employer side, then I'll talk about the employee side and kind of end with what to make of all of this. So from the employer perspective, layoffs are sometimes inevitable. And whether it's a reorganization or budget cuts or a merge, whatever it is that leads to the layoff process for one or thousands of employees, when conducting a layoff, my first objective is always to make sure that I am thinking about or keeping in my frame of reference what the employee is going to feel. How is the employee going to walk away from this conversation? Where is the employee going to be hearing this message? And all of that matters and it helps to set up the conversation for success, even though it's obviously a very difficult conversation, it still will allow for the entire experience to at least be the most productive possible. I wanted to add an anecdote to all of this that basically is inspired by, yet again, another clubhouse room that I was on. And I was a part of a discussion really between a bunch of recruiters, talent acquisition managers, etc., And we got on the topic of layoffs and I had shared that I'm basically making this episode and they asked me, well, how is the employer emotionally burdened? Like how, how is it possible that the, the person delivering the message could be taxed by this? And I explained that I always go into these conversations thinking about the person on the receiving end. And one of the comments that was made was basically like, well, that's a rarity not everyone on the employer side thinks that way or acts that way and that actually they kind of are numb to the process and therefore don't really think or care about the person receiving the message. And it made me think about how you as an HR person, as a manager, whatever position you are in, if you're in a decision-making position, if you are ever finding yourself becoming numb to a a process that impacts someone or a, a moment in time that impacts someone's livelihood, you're either in the wrong role or you need to remind yourself why you're in the position that you're in, or you need to think a little bit harder. Think about what it is going to do to the person on the other side of the quote unquote table when you tell them that they're losing their job. Anytime I go into a conversation where someone's employment could be impacted, whether it's a layoff, whether it's a termination of employment because of a violation of policy or something along those lines, any conversation that I go into where I know that the person I'm speaking with is going to be without a job, I think about them, their families, the conversation that they're going to have to have with their families or that they you know, what they're going to live with, they are going to remember this conversation for the rest of their lives, most likely. It's going to be the first topic of conversation at the dinner table, and they're going to have to explain to their loved ones, significant others, families, etc., that now they have to figure out how they're going to pay their bills. And I mean it when I say I think of that every time I go into one of these conversations. And I don't think that that should be an abnormal, rare thing. I think that that should be a commonality. And again, I've had to terminate people for sexual harassment, 
harassment in general throughout the course of my near 10 years in HR. And I always think about that because at the end of the day, even though that person has done something that's not okay, or even if they were being terminated because they didn't meet the guidelines of their roles, I always, always think about how that moment is going to impact them. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we're all human. I would want someone to give me the same consideration if I were on the receiving end of that kind of message. I I wanted to add this in. I actually had already finished recording the episode, but after being in that clubhouse room, I was so taken aback by the word rare. And it made me think, wow, I need to talk about this. I need to remind people that people are people. And even if they've earned the termination, again, they've earned it, they did something wrong, they had it was within their control. They could have fixed something. Everything, if someone is being terminated, with the exception of layoffs or like position eliminations, everything is within the person's control. I don't think that there's a situation that I've ever come across where something is not within someone's control. Harassment, that person decided to act that way. Time and attendance, that person decided not to show up for work consistently. Behavior, that person decided not to act within the standard. So all of those things are totally within their control. So that's why I say they've earned it because it was in their control. They just, they made their decisions and now this is the consequence, but they're still people and they're still people with bills and lives. So I thought it was important to just touch on that. And if you are a people manager or an HR person, or eventually move into one of one or both of those roles, keep that in mind that you should always prepare for those conversations with the number one piece of information that you're bringing with you being that the person you are speaking to is a human being and that you need to speak to them with the same dignity and respect that you would want to be spoken to with or communicate a message that's clear and kind. You don't have to be overly sympathetic You don't actually have to be sympathetic at all, but you can be kind. The other thing with layoffs after really keeping the employee in mind is to make sure that you have all of your ducks in a row, making sure that all of the questions that will come up are questions you're prepared to answer. Whether you're an HR person or a manager conducting these layoffs, it's very, very important to make sure that you have all of the answers ready because that employee is going to have a lot of questions or if they don't have a lot of questions in the moment, they will have a lot of questions after they process the information. So in my experience, we've always had documents ready to go um, with questions answered talking points really to be able to set ourselves up for the most productive conversation again. And I think that a big part of this is being very transparent and being authentic. All of this comes down to the same foundational elements for me, being authentic, being vulnerable, being transparent. And while not all information can be shared, depending on the reason for the layoffs or you know, the number of people that you're speaking to, the type of position that's being eliminated. I think it's really important that the person who is delivering this message or the people delivering this message are doing so in a way that is clear, transparent, and real. No one wants to be on the receiving end of any kind of message, but especially a layoff message, feeling like they're not getting answers that are transparent or any answers at all. Finally, I think it's important that the right people are on that call. 
Making sure that the employee's manager is there and being transparent about who will be on the call, I think, is also really important. I know that many layoff situations are not made apparent in advance, of course. Actually, most layoff situations are not uh, shared before the actual conversation where the employee is being laid off. But I do think that the meeting that's scheduled should be very transparent. So for example, if I have to lay off an individual, I, as the manager, let's say I'm the manager in this situation, I'm going to send an invite. And if I have my HR partner on as well, I'm going to make sure that they're on the invite too. I know that it can sometimes raise concern prematurely, but I think it's better to be transparent than not to be. And actually, I think there is a strategy with sending the invite. So if you're having a conversation at 12 p.m., then you send the invite at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. So there's at least a little bit of advance notice. Sending it the night before, sometimes you run the risk of it causing way too much stress, and it's just not necessary when it's already going to be a stressful conversation. So my suggestion would be to really strategize when you send an invite and how transparent you are on the invite. From the employee's perspective, I think that there are a few things to consider if you have been a part of layoffs or if you are worried that you're going to be a part of a layoff conversation because of whatever internal conversations have been going on. If you are worried about being one of the laid off employees, just remember that there are things potentially outside of your control and it's not something necessarily that's personal. I would hope that if someone is laying you off for a personal reason because you're not the right fit or something like that, that that would be disclosed openly. I recognize that not every company is going to take such a transparent approach, but I would hope that that would be the case. So let's assume that that's not the case and you're a good performer, you're in good standing, and it doesn't matter what your tenure is. I'm specifically just talking about performance. You should take time to really process the conversation as it's happening. I know that we don't necessarily want to prepare for being laid off, but I do think that we can mentally prepare for difficult conversations. So it's not necessarily to say that you should prepare for that layoff conversation. It's more so to say, if you do get an email or an invite that raises concern, don't freak out. Just take a breath, relax, and maybe ask a clarifying question of your manager, like, what is this about? At any rate, just because it's a meeting with HR doesn't mean it's going to be a bad meeting. And this comes back to the first the first episode that I had on this podcast, which is about destigmatizing what it means to be an HR and to be an HR professional. So yeah, just take a step back. Don't freak out. And once the conversation happens, if you need time to process, that's okay. You don't have to ask every question or answer anything in that moment, no matter what the conversation is, if you need time to process. If you have been laid off, you should hopefully be getting a severance and you should be given everything in writing. I would imagine that most companies are doing this already, but I'm saying this in the event that they're not. You can ask for everything to be in writing. You should expect everything to be in writing and know that it's normal for HR to be on your call. It's normal to receive a severance package. It's normal to want more from a severance package, but I will say that companies take the same approach normally with severances and they apply a specific um, calculation to severances so that every single person who 
ultimately receives a severance package at some point will receive the same calculation. So the key here is that it's going to be a consistent approach. At least that's what I've always seen. And finally, I think if you are an employee who's been laid off, I think it's okay to feel emotional and I think it's okay to react the way that you need to react. Um, I will say that you never know when you could be employed by someone that is on that call again or that there could be an open opportunity for a position or for you to join a company or an organization that someone on that call has an opening for. So thinking through your reaction or trying not to be too reactive is probably my best advice. I realize also that it's much easier said than done, but anytime we can be professional is a good time to be professional. But again, you should be authentic to yourself. You should be transparent about how you feel. And just keep in mind that the people laying you off are not having such an easy go. They probably don't want to be in this situation just as much as you don't want to be in that situation. So I know it's hard to appreciate or understand what the other person is going through, but that is fundamentally what someone in a position to have to lay someone off is thinking about. What is the other person going to take away? This is exactly what I said is my first opportunity or obligation that I feel as an HR person having to do a layoff is that I want to think about or keep in mind what the employee will experience and feel. So obviously it's a very emotional process and experience. And my friends who have been laid off have gone through a multitude of emotions and I don't expect anything less. My best advice to you on a human level is to take time for yourself and see this as an opportunity to do what you want to do. I think that the beauty of 2020 is that it showed us what we want out of life. We are still going through a very challenging moment in our lives, in the world's experience and history, and it's giving us a lesson of so many things. It's teaching us how to treat other people. It's teaching us what truly matters in life. And so if with every significant life experience, because this is definitely a life experience that changes the way that you view yourself and you view your job and experience and just everything, I think it's important to also take into consideration that maybe this happened for a reason. Maybe this is going to open a door for you that you wouldn't have considered otherwise. Maybe this is going to give you the opportunity to start that business that you wanted, to start the podcast that you wanted to start, to take on a hobby that you didn't have time for previously, to join a company that was a competitor that maybe you felt awkward interviewing for. Who knows? All I know is that I really try to approach any situation, negative or otherwise, with a positive perspective because actually the negative perspective is super draining and this point came up on the Instagram office happy hours live that I hosted this past Tuesday and the question was how do you remain so positive in your role it was something like to that effect and my answer was that one I was kind of just born this way but two is that I don't really see any other option it's too exhausting to be negative and I just prefer to see the silver lining in things. I prefer to see the glass half full and I encourage all of you to see things that way too. So 
when my friends who shared with me that they were laid off, I said to them, hey, this could be a great thing for you. Like, what's something that you really wanted to do that you haven't been able to do? Take time for yourself. When's the last time you took vacation? When's the last time you took PTO? Do something. Even if you're just sitting in your house, who cares, right? Like, take time for yourself. Give yourself space and grace. My 2021 motto, give yourself space and grace and do with this time what you wouldn't do if you were employed because you hope that you will never be laid off again, meaning you won't have this opportunity again. It is a privilege to be able to do and see as we want because that's, you know, obviously not necessarily the case for people who have families or have second jobs or whatever the case may be. But I still think that we can always invest in ourselves when something like this happens. And even if we're not laid off, I think it's still a good message. Take time for yourself. Give yourself space and grace to move through situations that are heavy. And finally, make sure that your resume is updated before you apply for jobs. I know that that probably sounds like common sense, but it's not. Um, I've seen a lot of outdated resumes these last few months. So make sure that you're doing that and have a friend look it over. Have someone, a trusted mentor or partner, look it over. Lean on people that you worked with. Now it's out in the open, right? That this layoff has happened. Say, hey, do you have anyone in X, Y, or Z company that can hook me up with a job in this field? I think it's great to take advantage of those partnerships. Something that one of my friends who again, was laid off. Something that that she had mentioned to me was that she was making sure all of her letters of recommendation were in her file, like ready to go, and that she was including that in her applications. Um, And I thought that that was a great strategy. And actually, I was like, let me write you a letter of recommendation. We've worked on projects before. I'm going to send it to you like right away. So that leads me to another suggestion. Even when you are not in a layoff moment or when you're not looking for a job, you should always have three people on deck who can write you a letter of recommendation. People that you've worked with, not your mom and dad and your family members, people that you've worked with, friends that you've collaborated with, maybe friends from college or um, from extracurricular programs or even volunteer programs. That's totally acceptable. Coworkers. So like if you're in a layoff moment, you have tons of coworkers that you've worked with who could give you a a strong letter of recommendation and make sure that you're asking people that like you to write the letters of recommendation. I swear to you, I've received letters of recommendation basically saying I do not recommend this person, which leads me to question why would the applicant even ask those people to write letters of recommendation for them? Don't ask people who don't want to see you succeed. Don't ask people you don't trust and don't ask people who don't like you. If you think that everyone likes you, you are wrong. Not everyone likes you. That is a normal part of the human condition. Just like I don't like everyone and not everyone likes me and that's okay. But we have to be self-aware people know who likes you, know who you want, who wants to see you succeed and ask those people to be your references, to write you letters of recommendation and have them ready to go on deck. I recently reshared a post from um, someone in the HR space on Instagram. Her name is Lexi and her handle is ms.lexi, that's L-E-X-I-H-R. She's fabulous. I love her content. She's so positive and engaging and she just is always smiling and I just, I love her content. 
she shared a post that said, did you know that contract and temp jobs are a great way to get your foot in the door? And I reshared it saying a hundred percent. This is such a true statement. And someone, one of my friends actually messaged me saying, so true. I used to disagree, but I owe my current job, which is a salaried full-time senior marketing coordinator position to a contract job. And I remember when my friend was offered a contract position and we talked about how it's a good opportunity to kind of show that employer what you've got and that you care about the role that you're qualified. And then when that full-time position rolls around, they're going to think of you. They're going to want to keep you on board because actually it's in those roles where there's so much value in keeping them on because you already know the company, you already know the systems, you already know the employees. And so it's easy to make a transition from a temp or consulting job with the company into a full-time role. And actually, this is exactly what I'm hoping for my own employee. I hired her as a consultant. I see this as a foot in the door. So when we have a full-time opening, she's someone that will already have the exposure and experience with my company, and then we'll be able to kind of just move her right in. So strongly, strongly suggest that you not only follow Miss Lexi HR, but that you also consider that. Don't put down a temp or consulting job just because it's temp or consulting or contract. Um, those positions offer a lot of benefits. And while you might be going through an agency for those roles, or maybe you're going to be paid a little bit less, maybe even a little bit more, but it's, you know, you're not getting benefits. See it as an opportunity to really hit the ground running, make a great name for yourself. And who knows whether it's the company that you're consulting or contracted with in a temp capacity, whether it's them who give you an opportunity to work on a full-time basis, or if it's someone that they know that they refer you for an opportunity with, it's a benefit. There is a significant silver lining there. So don't turn away from those jobs, especially if you're in a position right now where you are finding it difficult to land a full-time job. It's an opportunity to give you more exposure and more experience into your industry or a different industry, but with a different company. And so I highly, highly suggest that you keep those jobs on the table. And there are great agencies out there that focus on placing strong employees in companies that have high standards and that have really good reputations in their industry. So keep an eye out for those. If you need a recommendation for an agency, especially in the New York City metro area, I do have some strong agencies that we've worked with or that I've worked with before that have consistently provided us great talent. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Just a reminder, as I said in the beginning of this episode, on Tuesday the 16th, I am going to be in a clubhouse room with Megan Houle talking about how to pivot in our careers at 6 p.m. Eastern, and then I'm having my Instagram live event office happy hours at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And on Thursday the 18th of February, I will be going live with Carolyn Shapiro from Binghamton University. Again, she is the Director of Employer Outreach and Engagement, and we are going live on my Instagram at 6 p.m. Eastern on the 18th, and then at 7 p.m. on Clubhouse on that same day, Thursday the 18th, I will be joined by my other co-moderators to talk about navigating change in the new normal. I hope that I will see you at all four of those events, but please make sure you get to at least one. I think we're going to have a lot of great conversation and content for you all. Thank you so much again for joining me for another week of the podcast. 
Be sure to follow me on Instagram at hrtracy. You can also go to my website, hrtracy.com. And on both platforms, you can be linked to my link tree, which has every single piece of information possible for how to connect with me. Thank you again for supporting the show, and I will see you next week.